This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> this is the one only T-Quest. You are tuning to the T-Quest show. Relatable, informative, yet entertaining. I love you guys so freaking much. Why? Because you guys are the reason why the T-Quest show is on so many different platforms, so many different radio stations, so many different streaming sites, because you guys actually love what I do. And to be honest, I kind of like it too. But if you are new to the T-Quest show and the T-Quest experience, make sure you get a chance to follow me on all social media platforms at T-Quest GLM. Download that T-Quest mobile app in your Google Play Store, in your App Store, and sign up for my mailing list on my website, gotalomeworld.com, because you'll never know if I may just randomly pick a fan and send them a present. Because if you follow me for years... I'm always trying to bless somebody just to say, I appreciate you. Sometimes people need to hear that you appreciate them, even with words, a gesture, or maybe even a present. You never really know. But now that I've taken the first minute to take advantage of my own platform, you know, sharing is caring. So, you know how we do on a T-Quest show. I like to share my platform with some interesting guests so I can dig into their story, figure out the silent cry behind their grind, and just, you know, let you guys get a chance to connect with them, get to know them, and see why they made it on the T-Quest show. Without further ado, I'm going to bring on this young man and let's have some freaking fun. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you, Ricky. Hey. Hi. What up, what up, what up? How y'all doing? How you doing? How you doing? You know? I'm doing good. I'm feeling great. You feeling great? Tell me why you feeling great. I'm feeling great because I feel like I get to complete a circle today. So, you know. Is that right? What does that mean? Well, just my journey all together, you know, um, 18 years ago, I was living in this very hotel mm. and I'm staying at right now because me and my family was homeless, you know, me and my dad, my mom and my pregnant sister. Uh-huh. And, you know, things were so uncertain. And to be honest, like that was like the beginning of everything. I call it the 10 years of hell <laughs> because mm. me being homeless and stuff was it's expanded that that distance in time, you know, and this was like the the beginning of it. So for me to be here, to be on your show, 
doing this and telling my story and having this big platform and everything to do that is so surreal for me, you know, and everything. I'm not going to lie, I was crying like a whole hour before the show because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I just wasn't expecting to be here doing this, you know. No, absolutely. When it comes to life, you know, sometimes you do a whole 360, you don't know where you're going to be, where you're going to end up, and certain things from your past will trigger you. And it's all about how it triggers you. You know, right. just like when um, I had to do a show in Stanford, Connecticut, and that's when I'm originally from. And I haven't been there since I was younger. You know, I'll go certain places here and there, but a certain area I haven't been to since I was younger. And when I got down the hill and all I had to do was make a left and the club was going to be right there. As I stopped at the stop sign, I looked up and it said Southfield Avenue and bursted in tears. Yeah. Dancers like, what is happening? What's going on? What what do we miss? And I'm just like, this is a street I grew up on as a child and we lived across the street from the beach. And at the beach is where my big brother drowned. And we always did. We all watched it. You know, so it's like I haven't really been back here since I was like five, six years old. So I was cool. I knew I had to go to I knew I had to be out there to perform. I knew it was on the same street. But that was the first time me looking up and seeing the street name since I was a child. Wow. Just out of nowhere, I went from. T-Quest, the Tavern, 2.2 seconds. And it don't take no time at all. I know that feeling. I do. Like, every time I come in town and, you know, I go past the Motel 6 when my mom died, that's where we were living at, when my mom passed away and everything. And, um, you know, it, it hits me every time I drive past there. And even with this hotel, like, I took a lap around the whole hotel because when we were living here, when my sister had my little nephew, that's what me, her, and my mom would do. We would take him out in the stroller and walk around the hotel over and over and over again and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just did that one time because it just took me back, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, so it's, it's a surreal thing. <laughs> it's surreal. And sometimes when you be taken back, it's not really to have a sad moment. It's more of having a release. Like, right. yeah. This. I'm not perfect. Life is not perfect, but look how far I came. Exactly. You know, and that's what everybody around me that is close to me keeps saying. You know, they say, oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, you done came so far. And I remember when you was like this and when you did that and when you was living this way and that way and everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just amazed. Like, I'd have made it already <laughs> or something. <laughs> but I guess that's how low I was. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Because I tell people, you don't know what people go through, going through, been through, going through now, and what they're going to go through in the future. But this right. time, the place that you are right now, you are there not because you had to be like last time, because you choose to be. Exactly. Now it's uh, not a living situation. It's an enjoyment situation. Exactly. Which is and, a beautiful thing. Yes, that feels so good. Like, you know, especially since you put it that way, because, you know, like you said, it was like I was forced here, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, it's like I'm just blessed that, you know, cause I never like regret anything that I ever went through, 
you know, because it made me who I am today. It made me appreciate things that normal people don't appreciate, like people's time, people's efforts, um, you know, just the people's grind as well. You know, like, if you got a reason out here to do what you got to do, especially if you got kids and stuff, especially being a dad, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I respect anybody that do what they got to do to take care of their, their seeds. You know, because that's what my dad did for me. I was, even though I went through what I went through in my life, you know, I was blessed enough to have both my parents in my life yeah. for the first 19 years of my life. And, you know, it wasn't the best situation and stuff and everything. Like my dad, you know, when I was younger and everything, he was a hustler. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, she was like addicted to drugs and alcoholic. And, you know, she had other, you know, medical problems as well, like bipolar, schizophrenic, all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just living in that kind of household and stuff, you know, they went at it a lot. You know, a lot of a lot of things I had to witness and stuff and everything. But I look back at it now and I just keep saying at least I had them both. Because mm-hmm. I, only, I only met like a handful of people in my life that actually had both of their parents in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a blessing even though I went through what I went through. Absolutely. And it's crazy because not trying to stay away from what you say. It's a beautiful thing where you can have both parents in the household, but at the same time, sometimes it's okay to not have both parents in the household, depending on the dynamic, because right. a lot of situations are not happy-go-lucky. A lot of them are very toxic. Yeah, um, yeah. It's healthier for the children if they're both yeah. not in the house depending on the situation in the dynamic right and i had opportunities to go and live a different life and stuff and everything like my brother my older brother for example like this was back when he worked for the government and everything and he was making a lot of money and stuff and he called me when i was 15 mm-hmm. and he was like he, he knew how my parents were and he knew the situation that we was in was because of the things that they did in the past and it wasn't going to get any better anytime soon so he offered his hand out to have me come and live with him and everything so that I can have a better life and have all that. And I turned it down mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be away from my mom. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that I knew something was going to happen to my mom, but I knew that if I left, something would have happened to her sooner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had that opportunity, but I don't regret turning it down either because, like I said, I was able to spend those last four years with my mom up until she passed. So, I'm so you hear that. It's okay. You know, my mom, she had a hard life. You know, I never knew my grandparents and stuff like that. Her mom had got killed when she was 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ever since then, like, her sister got killed, too. It was like a big car accident that her stepfather tried to drive them off the bridge and kill all of them. Mm. And... She survived and her other sister survived, but two of her sisters didn't and her mom didn't. So ever since then, her mom was messed up and, you know, that what translated into drugs and stuff like that and everything, you know, that's how I ended up losing her was because of drugs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, she don't have to suffer like that no more. Absolutely. So um, I know there's a lot to take in and a lot to deal with, especially as a child, you know. But um, like you said, Alicia was able to still appreciate the time you did have with her. Yeah. And 
even though you can tell she's had a hard life, sometimes people need that peace for once. Yeah. Because, yes, to be alive to a certain degree is a beautiful thing. But if you're suffering and going through, what are you really living for? Yeah. Be here for your family and friends and your children. But sometimes you don't want to be here like that. Not saying, like, condoning anything, but... Right. They say now they're in a better place in certain situations. You can finally understand why they say things like that. Yeah, and I know what you're saying because, um, like, it was a guy that I met on my journey named Daryl. Like, he's the reason why I got the name Skull Man because, mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't give me that name, but the way that he operated was like he was the manager at one of the hotels I lived at. Mm-hmm. And me and him got real close. Like, he pretty much like took me underneath his wing, like, when I was 13. And, you know, he knew what path I was going down because he had lived it already. So mm-hmm. when my parents couldn't take it and provide, like, school clothes for me and stuff like that and everything, he the one that did it. Or if, like, there was, like, a video game or something like that I wanted and my parents couldn't afford to get it for me or nothing like that, he would do it for me, you know, and mm-hmm. just kept me out of trouble, you know, kept my head on straight. But at the same time, he was fighting his own battles. And unfortunately, I didn't know none of them battles until after he died. Mm. But, you know, he had a lot of demons and stuff from his past and stuff. But he always, every time I see him, he was so focused on trying to have me see the light that I didn't see his darkness. Mm. So he ended up committing suicide the same year that my mom died. He died that February. My mom died that December. And who was this about? He was like a, a he, I call him like, like my brother. Like he's somebody that's real close to me. Like his name was Daryl. And his whole, the whole skull thing, like his name was, he, he loves skulls and stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody that was close to him and stuff, like he would give them skulls and stuff when she earned his trust and stuff and everything. So it took me three years to earn mine. And he gave me these skull earrings and stuff once, you know, I gained his trust and everything. He knew that, you know, I was somebody that he can trust and rely on and stuff and everything and talk to and talk on the phone every day. And, you know, we just, like, when I say talk on the phone, like, for hours, like, sometimes we talk on the phone for, like, five, six hours. Mm-hmm. I would go out to his house. Like, you know, like, I was like, you know, even though it became age gap was so much, like, he was, like, 35, 36 at the time, you know, but... It was he was just so focused on trying to make sure that I didn't go down the path that he did, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like that's why I became the star man because I, I just incorporated that in my name and everything, and I always represent him, even though it's been 11 years after the fact, yeah. So, it's interesting that you say that because it just reminds me that sometimes we have to not prejudge and assume things and try to figure out why certain things are the way they are or why certain people's names are the way they are. (laughs) When I first see like skulls on like clothing and merchandise, I was like, "Mm -mm." I said, this would have been so super cute if it didn't have skulls on it. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like freaking me out. But then I'm just like, when it comes to you, like it's a part of your name, like why is it kind of funny as a name? Hell. <laughs> but in your case, there's actually a deep meaning behind it. 
Yeah. I think it sounds good and it's cool, but I'm like, other people, there's a reason why. Yeah, everybody, like in middle school and high school, like when they saw me wearing scars all the time and stuff, they thought I was some like demon worshiper or <laughs> <laughs> I would worship the devil and stuff and everything. I'm like, nah, like, you know. And I, I explained it to some people and everybody that I had explained it to, they was like, nah, like, that's a dope story. And so, you know, but. I'm listening. Oh, uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's, it's it, like you said, it hasn't made it, like, you know, so. Yeah. Well, maybe now I'll look back on certain things I like that has a skull in it, and maybe I'll buy it this time. <laughs> okay, well, that'd be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I don't get paid or nothing for any small merchandise, but I work there. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, you know, the brand Ed Hardy. Yeah, yeah. I love the design with the roses and the heart yeah. the, and the tiger. Then I'm like, why is there a skull? <laughs> <laughs> why did you yeah. have to ruin it? You know, that, that's the like, first thing that brought my eye to that to that clothing line. Like, that that was like everybody loved Ed Hardy when I was like in high school, like freshman high year and stuff like that. That was like everybody had that little Ed Hardy bags and all that. <laughs> Because his, yeah. his logo is super dope, you know? Oh, yeah. Versions of it, especially with the tiger. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, you know what? I guess the skulls is not that bad because, okay, growing up with the religious background, right? When you think of skulls, you think of death, and when people right. go to, like, um, corpse and witches and Halloween and all type of things, you know, right. you want to stray away from it. Right. It's like it's all about what you think of it. If yeah. hot, hot, it's just hot, you know. And it's not like I'm bringing wor devil worshippers into my life and into my soul. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and as far as like the whole death thing, like after they died, like I don't want to say I came became you know obsessed with death, but I was like on YouTube or Google and stuff and everything all the time after they died because it's, it was like, I really wanted to know what happened to them once they left here. Yeah. Or what could have happened to them when they left here. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I'm going to ever see them again or whatever the circumstances are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it also taught me not to be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, at the end of the day, you have an interesting story. You know, and I just commend you for going through what you went through and still staying strong. Yeah. You know and and um, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people that I know that I went to school with that were in better situations than I was, mm -hmm. you know, coming up. And you see them now and it's like, you know, they had all that, the whole foundation and everything to succeed and everything to everything that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just let it go to waste. And with me, I just, you know, I used to like take and think about a lot of stuff all the time. And, you know, I, I just, like I said, I just try not to regret anything. I let it make me better. I let mm -hmm. it make me like go out here and strive just like my dad did, just like you know, my mom did, you know, when she was able to work and stuff, and my mom didn't work the whole time I was alive, but she used to drive some mesh on stuff before, 
mm-hmm. I was born and everything, and she got in a metro accident. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like I just grind, grind, grind. And especially when my son came into this world, I was like, I gotta do whatever it takes to make sure that I have something for myself so that I can leave something behind for help. Because I know that when my dad leaves from here, he's not gonna leave nothing behind for me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, I want that for my son. Like I want him to have something to be stable on because I do not want him to even remotely have a taste of what I've been through, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's my mission in life. Like I ask God all the time, like, please just leave me here long enough to make sure that my little boy is straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. And I want to stem back to what you said about the kids in school, right? A lot of people don't realize or understand how grateful or how great they have it, right? Mm-hmm. Because some of them has never like struggled, you yeah. know, never been without. So they, all they know is what they know. And, you know, to see it from the outside looking in, you get angry a little bit, a little bit of envy, yeah. a little bit of jealousy. Yeah. But technically, you can't blame that on them because this is all they know. Yeah. A lot of my friends, they mm-hmm. used to tell me about things that they was going through at the time and stuff. And it seemed like every time they was telling me they was going through ABC, and then I would be going through something in my life and stuff. And when it was my turn, is that I was going through XYZ. And then they would hit me with the, man, you made my problems so small. <laughs> you know? And. <laughs> You know, I mean, but like you said, like, it's not that, I mean, when you're that young, you don't think about where you're going to be at when you're 30, like, not the average teenager anyway, like some of us, like some of them do, you know, they got their plan already set out for them and everything, but someone like me, I just always live day to day. Absolutely. Because I didn't know if I was going to make it to see another day. I didn't know if when I went home from school, if I was going to be kicked out from whatever motel or hotel we were staying at because my dad couldn't afford the rent. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like that's the stuff that I had to go through. And like nobody in school knew that I was homeless, knew that I lived in motels on the floor, like sleeping on the floor and stuff and everything. They just knew that I showed up to school wearing the same thing three times a week sometimes. <laughs> you know, or whatever the case is, came to school with my hair nappy sometimes or something or whatever, you know, so and but I just, you know, I look at it now and I'm just appreciative of it because I, I much rather have gone through something so that way I can appreciate everything I'm going to get in life than to not have gone through something and just be like, whatever. No, I get it because <laughs> that's why I keep telling people, like, you don't know people's situation. You know what they go through, right? I mean, they're like, you're so kind and so sweet. I'm like, yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you guys don't know and that you're not aware of. And then the way, like, I grew up, and I that's why I love my mother. I love my mother so much, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, every year for Mother's Day when I was growing up, I said, if I can give you the world, I would. Yeah. I wrote that every year because that's exactly what I meant. Because even now, as an adult, and I look back, I'm like, she sacrificed so much. She works so hard to just get us whatever she can, you know. And then we have situations when it comes to having a fire and have to live in a motel or have to live in a shelter. All this stuff that, you know, people don't think we've been through because as children, what we look like saying that to our friends. Right. They wouldn't understand. They probably make fun of us. So we had to keep that stuff within ourselves. 
Yeah. Trying to get through the next day and just hopefully we still have a warm place to stay the next day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's real I, out here. And that's why I tell people like I treat people the way I want to be treated because I know how it is on every angle. I know how it is to have something. I know how to have absolutely nothing. I know how it is to have a warm bed. I know how it is to not have a warm bed or food on the table or clothes in your back. We hear these sayings, but this stuff is real. It is. It, it's really yeah. real. Like when I say, like, because I know a lot of people say they just lost everything and missed that and the third, but I don't think they really know what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it was once upon a time where we was living in a place called PG County. Like, that's mm-hmm. originally where I'm from, Austin Hill, Temple Hill. And one of the places that we stayed at and everything, we were moving into an apartment mm-hmm. because my parents, my parents are the worst when it came to paying bills, paying rent, stuff like that. Like, and their credit was terrible because when my dad was dealing drugs and stuff, he would always hop from apartment to apartment and stuff, mm-hmm. get out on leash, leases and all that. Yeah. You know, so that's that's why I had to live the life that I lived later on. And um, one of the places we stayed at, he uh, took and like the IRS was coming. Yeah. And we took and moved out. Only took a couple, like, I only took like a couple outfits with me. My mom took a couple outfits, my dad took a couple outfits or whatever. We went over there and we was going to go back and get the rest of our stuff mm-hmm. later on. Went back, all the doors was locked, mm-hmm. all our stuff was gone. IRS had came, wiped out everything. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad to the point where my friends was like, that they was out there taking, and I had like this trip bike that I had got for Christmas. And it was out there like, anybody want this trip bike, this, that, and the third and stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like pretty much just giving my stuff out to the people in the neighborhood. That is and, Yeah, and you know, so that was the first time I lost everything. And then when we moved into that apartment complex in Parkway, we stayed there for about a year, two years, something like that, and then we got affected. Mm. And that was the first time, you know, that was the start of my journey when it came to being homeless and stuff was, was that day. And it was just like such a crazy day. Like I was supposed to go to school that day. But my mom, she's like, if I call for sneeze or something like that, she's keeping me out. That's the kind of mom she was. And my dad got mad and they started arguing back and forth. And this whole day was just so crazy. I had this pet snake that my best friend had gave me. I bought a cage for it and everything. I put it in the bathtub that night before we got evicted. I get up, my parents are arguing and stuff that I didn't go to school and stuff. I go check on my snake, he's gone. <laughs> to this day, I don't know what happened to him. He must've went down the drain or something, got out the cage somehow. And the next thing I know, I hear a tap at the door and it's the lady at the rental office from the rental office. And she called my dad out there and stuff, and they talked for a while. He came back in there, and he was just like, well, we about to get evicted. And that's what started everything. You get evicted because you lost the snake? No, no, we got evicted because he was like four or five months behind on rent. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to say that she nah, called the snake and she went nah, it, it, was, it just so happened that all that stuff happened the same morning. Mm. <laughs> so I, when I tell that story, I always try to add all that in because it's, it's just so crazy. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, all my friends out there seeing all that stuff getting left out, put on the curve, you know, and stuff. And they asking me where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. It's down the third. I'm only like 11 years old at the time. Mm. And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and 
that's what started me living in motels, hotels, stuff like that. It's been times where we stayed in a couple houses and stuff, but it never, or apartments, but it never lasts long. I moved over 40 times in that 10 years. Mm. So I never went to the only school that I, the school I graduated from, Gatesburg High, was mm. the only school I went to all the years. Mm. Other than that, I always bounced around from school to school. Benjamin Starter, Green Belt Middle, you know, I know you don't know where them places are, but really don't. people that's watching, <laughs> the people that watch it, they know. Mm. So, you know, it's, they were rough places and stuff, you know. So everybody that I hung out with in middle school, when I went to Greenbelt, especially the people that I hung around, they carried guns to school. And middle school, eighth grade. Mm. And that's where I started actually rapping at, was when I went to that school. Because that was the biggest thing that like people was freestyling and stuff and everything. And I would just sit back in the back of class and teachers there didn't give a crap about it. Like it was some teachers that cared, most of them didn't. So like if you just sat in the back of the classroom and did nothing or talked or just do books out the window or whatever you wanted to do, they didn't care. They just talked to ones that wanted to learn. And I would always be in the classroom writing my rhymes and stuff and everything because when I got into school, that was my escape mm-hmm. from what I was dealing with at home. Yeah. And that's when I just started writing rhymes and stuff all the time. Well, you had to start somewhere. That's why. That's why I try not to be so biased or so judgmental to a lot of artists out today. I'm just like, are you really doing it because you have a love for it? It's your therapy. It's your passion. It's just your release. Are you doing it because just being a rapper nowadays is trending? And you want to be right. a part of the trend, you know, because right. music is life and it can breathe yeah. life into you. It can change your whole dynamic. It can change the vibe, your energy. Like music is so powerful. Yeah. Why are you with it? You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, why? Because music can literally save somebody's life. You're right about that. You're so right about that. So I'm just like, what are you doing it for? Yeah, I mean, music been a part of my life my whole life. Like, my dad, regardless of all the stuff that he was doing, he was a singer as well. Mm-hmm. And he used to sing at nightclubs and stuff like that and everything. That's where my, him and my mom actually met. Mm-hmm. And um, he used to sing the national anthem for the Wizards, which was the Bullets back then. And he sort of, and for the Capitals, like the hockey team and stuff. So I grew up around just Temptations and Stephanie Mills and like everything, like Whitney Houston, you know, so I have a very, very old soul. (laughs) So, you know, like I grew up around all of that and just him and my sister and my mom just sitting down smoking, singing all day and stuff like that. Like that's the kind of household I was at, you know, when it was peaceful. So I always been around music and stuff. And, you know, when I actually felt like I can actually put words together, (laughs) <laughs> to actually come up with a rhyme and I started off doing poetry and stuff and I was always trying to compete with my sister and she was heavy into poetry and everything and I started writing little poems and stuff to try to match them up against hers and see how much, how good they would be and everything and mm-hmm. you know then I just translated that into just writing rhymes mm-hmm. Okay, okay Now, walk me through a moment when you feel like you have to escape and all you have is your pen and pad. What's going on in your head? It could have been after a big situation. You was like, yo, I got to go right. I got to go right. I have to go right. Well, hmm. one time 
I, I was heartbroken because like during half of the things that I had went through, my sister was with me and me and my sister were very, very close. Mm-hmm. And that when I had took and moved out to Greenbelt, it was like, it was terrible because of the area I was in. And that's where she took and moved out the house. And that like broke me because I was just like, how can you leave me here? <laughs> and I knew she had to have her own life and live her own life and everything. Uh-huh. But I was just, you know, I was just like, I'm going to be alone now. And I had took and that I had wrote about that. And it was a time where cause my dad, he built cab for like over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, he kept like he kept getting having situations where he couldn't pay the cab rent. His cab rent was like a hundred dollars a day. Then wherever we stayed at, he had to pay it like a hundred dollars or seventy dollars a day for that. Me and my mom, we would sit in the room, you know, just fill up off of coffee all day until he can afford to bring us home something to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, because we were, wherever we stayed at, we didn't have like no refrigerators or no full kitchen like that and everything in the places and stuff. So we always had to eat fast food, takeout, mm-hmm. something like that. And we can only do that when he scraped up enough money to go out and get us something. So we just fill up off a of coffee out of right then, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot of situations where I, when I had picked up that pen and stuff and started writing and everything, it just, it helped me, you know? So those are like two incidents, like incidents where that, if that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't want to turn this um show into like a therapy session and be all like sad. It feels good though. It feels good though. As long as it's- <laughs> sometimes they say, "What's well, you need to talk about? You need to release." I'm like, "Yeah, but sometimes you just gotta live your life too." Yeah. You yeah. Well, too much on the past. Just be grateful that you're not where you used to be and keep moving. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have your moments like right now, like you said, being in that particular um, hotel or whatever triggers something from your past because of what you've been through, you know, but yeah. it's not about triggering and being upset. It's all about, well, overcomer, and now I'm here and I'm late. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to get over it. It's like with, um, with, like I said, when my brother drowning, we was younger and then be, being on that street, it triggers something. And then even now, like, I didn't even realize I love to swim you know mm-hmm. i love being in the water but i never knew that growing up because i stayed away from beaches after he drowned you know mm-hmm. and when we go to like pools and stuff i didn't really do i, I was staying in the shallow way, but i wouldn't actually swim or nothing you know because yeah. I'm, I'm gonna drown or something that's that's yeah. what hold their head when you were children but i feel you, know, you like that i feel you on that so much mm-hmm. yeah i feel you on that so much like it took me a while to like because with me and, and what well, I call my brother, like when he died, it was like me and him, we connected off of video games. Like every video game he went out and got, I tried to go out and get. So that way we could talk on the phone about it and be like, yeah, I did this, that, and the third. Did you do this, that, and the third? When he died, I stopped playing games altogether. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't get into it like that no more. I got into him a little bit. You know, because my mom would watch me play them and stuff sometimes, but it just wasn't the same no more. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, it, it was like, I just lost that motivation. So I feel you on that when it comes to like, because I'm, I'm sorry about your brother, first of all, because I didn't, you know, that's, that's wow. Mm-hmm. And it's just, this life is so crazy. There's so, so many unfortunate things happen in this life that, when we do leave from here, it's got to be some kind of something, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's got to be some kind of something. Absolutely. So to this day, you don't play video games anymore? I do. I do. I've, I, I play them now. I just really got back into them. The last game I played was Last of Us 2. Awesome game. <laughs> Great <laughs> game and everything. But, you know, I just, I still don't have the itch for it like I used to. Like, I used to be just heavy and, like, whole stacks of games, playing 10 games a day, <laughs> you know. But also, you know, I'm older now, so I don't have time for all that. Yeah. But, hey, like, <laughs> your schedule will yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure if I wanted to, I could find a time. But you know, I just like I really probably can't, you know, because I'm just always ripping and running, especially with my son and everything. You know, taking care of family, mm-hmm. my family, and everything. So it's a lot. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your baby boy. Yes, yes. Tell me about the experience of just being a father, especially after all that you went through. Because, you know, once the new generation comes, you want to make sure that they don't have to go through what you went through, make sure their life is better. So talk yeah. about your years of fatherhood. Well, my son, man, he, when I first found out his mom was pregnant, it was like just wild. Like I was so happy and everything. And I just couldn't believe that it was actually happening. And then when he came, it was just like, the best moment of my whole life and yeah. just raising him you know looking at him it's like i did this you know that's why i can never understand like men out here that can have something that they created and not do anything for it mm-hmm. you know it's it's just crazy and mind-boggling to me so you know even though then his mom has split up because we took and moved to a place called the eastern shore of virginia a lot of people don't know where it's at but it's in the country <laughs> and you know we moved down there we broke up like a year later mm-hmm. but i stayed down there because i wanted to be close to him and mind you like i said there's nothing down there when i went down there i didn't have anything but a suitcase full of clothes on the greyhound went down there didn't have no license didn't have a car there's no metro down there there's no like cabs uber none of that <laughs> so i really had to like build myself up down there so that I could put myself in a position to be able to do what I do for him today. Like people pay for granted, like they just take their kids to school, like it's nothing and stuff like that and everything. I cherish that because me being able to be in a position to even do that, it's just like, I love it, you know, because I wasn't in that position three years ago, four mm-hmm. years ago, you know? And, you know, it's just, when later on when he got older and everything, we started noticing certain things about him because he wasn't walking on time. You know, he had turned while he still wasn't walking. And he had a hard time learning how to fall. So we started, you know, getting him checked out and everything. And at first they were saying that he was like that because he had a hearing loss. So a what? He has a hearing loss. Like he has mild to moderate hearing in his left ear That's and true. it's slightly better in the right ear. So they was thinking that his equilibrium was off, you know, because of that. And that's why he had such a hard time learning those things. And once he started getting older and going to school and everything, he got hearing aids and stuff and everything, they started noticing other things, like other behavioral problems that he was doing and everything. And they tested him for autism and stuff and everything come to find out he's autistic. So... Now that was like a whole new chapter of everything because I wasn't one of the parents that, you know, nah, let me go out here and get a second opinion 
or a third opinion, or let me go to this doctor and see if they can tell me something that I want to hear. Like, as soon as I found that out, you know, I was just like, let me learn about this. Let me see what autism is. Like, I didn't know anything about it until mm-hmm. he was diagnosed with it. And I was like, let me find out what I need to find out about this so that I can make him fight as easy as possible, as better as possible, what I can do to put him in a position so that he can live on his own after a certain point. And everything, let me learn and understand him because he's not verbal. Like, he can talk, mm-hmm. but he talks when he chooses to write and if he really, really has to. Or he's like a visual type person, like I can show him something one time and mm-hmm. he got it just like that. And he reads at like a second, third grade level. And he's seven. Mm-hmm. So he's very like, like I said, he's very insightful. Like he can just, he can read anything. I can take him in the supermarket. He can read all the signs. He can read anything that, you know, he's just, he's such an amazing little boy. He's my everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like being a dad is like the best thing God could have awarded me because there's a lot of people out here that can't have children. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, have children and they take them for granted. You know, I treat it like every time I see my little boy and I drop him back off, you know, I treat it like I'm not going to see him again. Mm-hmm. Because that can very well happen. But, you know, like I said, I just want to live. I, I just definitely want to live long enough to make sure that he's straight. That's my mission in life is to, to put myself in a position so that he can be straight and to make sure that he can become a man and make sure that he's straight. Yeah. Make sure that his family, when he has one, is straight. Make sure that his kids and, you know, anybody that he just decide to surround himself with is straight because I'm always been the type of person that take care of people. Even when I had nothing, uh-huh. I was taking care of other people. No, I understand. And that's what it's all about, yeah. building generational wealth. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. right now is the perfect time to do it because, um, you know, everything can be on the internet, right? So if you right. make music, long as it's streaming, there's going to be income coming in, right? Right. If you write a book and you put it online, as long as you put it out there, they can always make more for people to buy. It's all about how you build your gener- generational wealth when it comes to just outside of business. You know, if you have a clothing line, the manufacturing, how to do it, you put people in place. So it's always things happening for your family. Yeah. You know, yep. and um, I um, you're going to say something. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, I know how it is when it comes to um, like family and working with the children and autism and stuff. Like my nephew, for example, um, it took him a while to start talking. And you know what actually got him to start talking? What's that? My music. <laughs> him just latching on to me because it was just this special love and bond that we had. You know, yeah. and he just gravitated to me because, you know, certain... um children in a condition, they gravitate to something or someone. His thing was music, but not just music, mainly T-Quest. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. So he will play my music every day, all day, nonstop, <laughs> learn every lyric, every beat, every rhythm, every harmony, every instrument. Like, 
my cadences, my performances, watch all my videos, behind the scenes stuff, things people have never seen. It's to the point he found things that I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you pull this out? <laughs> I'm like, whatever you do, don't share that. <laughs> you know, it was just like, wow. It was to the point he studied me, and I'm over here studying him, studying me. <laughs> because sometimes, like, I can't come up with a cadence to this beat. This beat is complicated. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll play the beat around because I know he's gonna freestyle whether it's words or mumble, and he gonna get a little. Da, 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 and I'm like this. Uh, that's so awesome, yo. Okay, How I got it. Uh, ten. Okay. Yeah, he's ten, and um, it's just a beautiful thing. Like when he started going to like school and stuff, and you know sometimes they like act out because they don't know how to express themselves. Yeah. yeah. They have to lash out because they're getting frustrated because they can't say what they want to say or you don't understand them. So they get frustrated, you know, so when they're in school and stuff, if he gets like a little agitated after a while, the teacher actually had to um, play my video wow. <laughs> just to calm him down. You know, yeah, like, oh, he keeps time. They're like, what is that? And she, my sister had to tell him, like, no, that's his aunt. And she's a music uh, so you may have to go on YouTube and play her thing, and he'll calm him down. And that's exactly what calmed him down. And now, so I, wow, I used to take him to like my vocal lessons or my dance classes. And if it was like a community event, I'll have him with me. It's certain ones I let him perform with me because he oh, knows yeah. on my phone. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> You know, and even if he's saying it or not, or mumbling or harmonizing, you know, I'm like, he's up here. He know how to work a stage. He know how to work a mic because he learned. Okay. From uh, okay. <laughs> he's still there. It's a beautiful <laughs> It's just heartbreaking. I know you can relate when it comes to just looking at these children that's so innocent. Yeah. They asked to be in this world. They didn't ask to be in this condition. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm like, I just wish. Because especially when it comes to going to schools, whether it's a special school, regular school, private school, public school, life in general, if people don't understand something, you don't know how they're going to treat you. So imagine how yeah, they exactly. especially being black men in society. You're right about that. And that's why, in a way, I'm glad I live where I live at now. Because even though it's a very small place, mm -hmm. everybody know each other, you yeah. know. And the school that he goes to, he doesn't have that many kids in his class, so that way he's able to get that one-on-one -on -one time that he needs. Versus like if he was living in the city or something like that, and he'll just be another number, mm -hmm. you know. And children just get lost because there's like thousands of kids in that school, just like him. Or, you know, just thousands of kids, period. You know, like, I feel like the one-on-one -on -one time is key for them. That's why I went ahead and sent my son back to school because I only he only had four kids in his class, one. And, I mean, he was doing good on the computer and everything with the virtual learning. Mm -hmm. But just him being able to get out the house, yeah, go to school, like, interact, socialize, you know, being with someone around him like that is his age and stuff is so key for someone with autism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all that kind of stuff is important. So I started sending him back. I sent him back like two weeks ago. 
And I'm hoping, you know, I feel I got confidence that the school is going to do what they got to do to keep everybody safe and everything. I got a real close relationship with the principal and everything because he knows that I'm in and out of there. He always say, it's crazy because he always tell me, he was like, man, I wish that I was the father that you are. Mm. That's something, that's something deep for a principal of a school to say to me, you know, because everybody that know me know how passionate I am about my whole board. And I wouldn't do whatever it takes. Like I move heaven and hell to make sure that he got what he need. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, and that's what it's all about. And they need to be around other children because they have to get used to normalcy. It's going to help yeah. them grow. You know, yeah. understand how to not feel like an only child, being around the kids and sharing, and you know, communicating and playing games and stuff. There's that's a lot to it. So I have a question about your son. I'm curious, and then we're going to jump to something else as we conclude it. But um, when it comes to his eating habits, what what does he eat? I know it's selective foods, right? Yeah, well, it's like with my son, he's he's not a picky eater. He he loves meat. So, like, I can get him chicken nuggets, or he can eat any kind of chicken anything or beef anything. He'll love it. Like, of course, he don't like his vegetables and stuff just yet. (laughs) <laughs> I try to make him eat that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like macaroni, anything with cheese and stuff in it, he likes. But his eating schedule, it's like when you try to get him to eat, he won't. He'll, he'll, take, he'll take his time. He'll wait till his food is cold. And then he'll start eating. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, you know, that's just his thing, you know. And But I try to, like, like between me and his mom anyway, like we try to, like, monitor, monitor his eating habits and stuff and everything because, He's like he's real tall, but he's slinky tall, <laughs> like you know, like a, a Snoop Dogg type build. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, like it's like he just pick and choose what he want to eat, you know. So I mean, I know a lot of like parents that have kids that have autism and stuff, and they have a hard time getting them to sit down to eat, or having a hard time getting them to eat anything, or they're just like one thing. <laughs> you have to feed them that one day. Or, oh my gosh, man. Pizza <laughs> and french fries. I'll just be like, every time I used to pick them up every weekend, because that's my little baby. You know, I'm picking them up every I told I'm like, I feel like, um, <laughs> I feel like we have joint custody, and I'm going to get my son every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drive all the way down there. Pick him up. We would hang out. Like I said, I would bring him to some of my musical things. And of course, we got to go get the French fries from McDonald's or make sure I got him some pizza. Which is cool with me because I love pizza, you know, oh, but yeah. it's still scary too because, you know, you have to make sure they have the proper diet because um, they're still in growing phase. Yeah. And, and like, you, you have to make sure he drinks Ensure. Like, have you heard of that? Like, that Ensure. Oh. Just to, make sure that he gets, well, yeah, just to make sure that he gets the balance because of all the mornings where he don't feel like eating anything. All the nights where he don't feel like eating anything, he, like his mom make sure he get that shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I make sure he get that shake and stuff so that he can have that nutrients and stuff and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has definitely been an intense and inst- interesting interviewer conversation and like I said, we talked about your past. We talked about your music a little bit. We talked about your son. So I feel like the last 10 minutes, let's just have some fun. Okay. Have some fun. Okay. So this is some, just some interesting things I come up with. Now it is the weekend, right? 
nothing on a schedule, no job, no nothing. You can go wherever you want to go, do whatever you want to do. It's on the weekend. Where you trying to go? Ah, let's see. <laughs> uh, like outside the country, like be anywhere. You can do whatever your heart desires. Ooh. What's your escape? That's what I say. Shout out to our sponsors, Winnings Escapes, the best travel agency in the world where your dreams become your reality. Let me know your escape. <laughs> well, I always wanted to go to Brazil. Hmm. Because I know how beautiful it is there with the beaches and everything and stuff. That's everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, Jamaica. Because my best friend, Rick, his name is Rick too. He, um, his, him and his family go out there once a year. Sometimes like every six months and stuff. They just got ties out there. Okay. Uh, Did he go to Rick's cafe? I don't know where they go. <laughs> you should ask Rick. You should ask Rick when he goes to Jamaica. Did he go to Rick's cafe? Because it's a popular out there near Negril where they have like live band and stuff. It's like an outdoor restaurant and everything. And people go out there and they be dancing, have fun. And they have the most um beautiful sunset. Okay. You know? And everyone goes there to watch the sunset. And it's all beautiful thing. Okay. So you should ask Rick did he ever go to Rick's Cafe. I'm going to ask him today. I'm going to ask him today. And um, the last place is maybe the Philippines. Okay. Only because a guy that I knew that I used to work with, he was telling me because he used to be in the army and stuff and everything like back and like, you know, Vietnam days and stuff. And he was telling me how cheap everything out there is and plus the culture <laughs> of everything. Like he was like, you take $5 and get a hotel room, something to eat and all that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well. Changed a little bit, but yeah. They probably has. They probably has. <laughs> See, she knows. She knows. <laughs> oh, that's my that's my girl Danielle. Oh, I love you. Like that's that's my other best friend. Like she uh -huh. that's my girl. We have been through a lot a lot together. Like her, my friend Alani, my homeboy Ray. Like you know, we we been like they were in my life when I was going through what I was going through. Mm -hmm. You know, so shout out to her definitely. So I know she'd have been out there. She definitely have been out there a couple times. She mm -hmm. has. Uh -huh. so. <laughs> yeah, I, went, I went last year um, for my birthday, and that was part of my trip was to go to Rick's Cafe. So definitely go out yeah. there. Well, and definitely go out there. That you mentioned Brazil because you know beautiful beaches and all that stuff. And that's why I tell people that's why I love that um, I do PR for a travel agency because I get to know more of the business. And there's so many different places out there outside of the normal ones that people say all the time. You always hear about Jamaica. You always hear about Brazil. And I'm like, but there's so many places out there that have the exact same stuff. <laughs> in the sunset. It's just all about stepping out of the norm. Right. You know, and researching other things. And sometimes what you're looking for, it could really be in your backyard. And you'll be yeah. shocked. <laughs> yeah. No? Because I saw some beautiful sunsets in like, I think it was like Peru or something. They was oh like, I see that in Massachusetts, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's all about doing your research, you know? Oh my God, Peru sounds awesome too. Mm hmm. But yeah, um, outside of I've that. I've never been on the plane. I've never been on the boat. Plane? Nope, so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll change soon. 
But I'm pretty sure it will too. Are you nervous or you just it just haven't happened as of yet? Well, I always tell everybody like when it comes like if I had the option of taking the plane or taking the boat, I would take a boat because if something happens on that airplane, I know I can't fly. But if something happens on that boat, I know I can swim. <laughs> so okay, that's semi logic, you know. <laughs> my logic but um at the end of the day it's like um you can't be afraid to live life yeah you know so i get it but at the same time something can happen in a plane something can happen on a boat something can happen in a car on a bus even walking down the street or while you're sleeping you know I get it to a certain degree, but you don't want to miss out on living life because you have one life to live, but you got to remember to live every day. Yeah, and that's very true. Like, that's the experiences that I have in life. Like, that's why, you know, I'm not saying I'm wild to go out here and do whatever, but at the same time, you know, I, that's why I cherish people's time so much because, like I said, like, you can give, like, people can give you something, they can give you a lot of stuff. But one of the things that you can never give back to them is their time. Exactly. That's why I don't. So you know, it's just one of those things where it's, it's like I said, a lot of people don't realize that, but you have to go through something in order mm-hmm. to realize that. So absolutely. Well, this has been a pleasure, but this is the time of the show. Or you can say any and everything you want to say. It could be about you, life, friends, promo. This is your moment. Take advantage of it. We're listening. All right. Well, first off, I want to say shout out to my baby girl because I love you. Because uh, I know she's at work doing her thing right now. Um, Shout out to my dad, my sister, uh-huh. my brother, if you ever get a chance to watch this. Cause he stayed busy too um i do music um right now i have a project out which isn't my best work because i'm still learning this music game and everything but thanks to the likes of you i'll be able to get myself together and everything but i do have a small project out called something to leave behind and you can catch that on spotify apple music itunes all that um no, I'm not, not I do it over. Be like, yo, I got the project out. Make sure you <laughs> now nah, do that. Do that. Go ahead. And, no, and, um, I'm dead serious. And also, like the message that I have, like I just have a <laughs> I mean I just the message no, that wait. I have is uh, 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 no go back to the project, get excited. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. I got a project <laughs> out right now, been out since October first, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all that. Check it out. It's not it's, it's something to leave behind, and it's everything in that title. So just check me out. Dig. That was a little better. That was better. Right. Oh. <laughs> I used to promote myself, you know what I'm saying? So I got to get used to that, too. But um, <laughs> right, the message that I have just for people is just no matter what you go through in this life, it's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, as long as you're able to wake up the next day, you can always, that's another chance for you to make something better, whatever you're going through. And, you know, as long as you continue to keep waking up, just be thankful. Because there's so many people that, you know, I done witnessed God and not here anymore. And 
know, it's just, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, you know, you have to do what you got to do in this life to make sure that you take it to the next level, not just for you, but for your family, your kids, all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've told your story. You've touched and me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, you don't understand. Like, I probably cry another hour after this because, <laughs> because you gave me this platform to actually do it. Like, I'm so used to, like, sitting down, hearing other people's stories and stuff because I've always been the person to, to everybody cry on my shoulder and stuff. And I just take the weight of everything and yeah. put it on my back and just keep it moving. But the fact that you gave me this platform to be able to share my story and stuff and everything and and do that, like, you just don't know how much I appreciate this. And I'll always appreciate you for everything, like, from from the past, from the present to the future. Aw, <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, like I said, we've all been through things. I've been through some things, a lot of traumatic experiences. But the fact that we are still here, we have to do our job to be here for one another, to help love one another, heal one another. And if I've been blessed to have platforms to help the next person, then I'm going to try my best to use it for them, you know, so you guys can express yourself, get it on out there and, you know, gain new fans. There's people followers. like you that the world needs. People need more people, like the world need more people like you. Hashtag because people, people are so... Like people don't understand how selfish. Like people are so selfish. Like they get to a point in their life where you are, and they don't want to look out for nobody else. Even if it's a situation where nobody necessarily.